Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, who spun the chance to close the gap on third place. Joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the Jambos picking up just a point in Paisley is Daniel McIver. What's happening, mate? How are you? I'm doing alright. I've had a day off from work today because BT internet are bastards and caused me to have to be without internet all day and it's still not even fixed, but thankfully it's sorted for this so people can still get our incredibly nuanced and knowledgeable views about the Hearts game at the weekend. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I realise that your employers are probably filing a lawsuit against us as we speak, Um, so sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I, I'm alright mate, uh, there's a part of me that wants the season to end, there's a part of me that wants to see what's going to happen in these final three games, and there's a part of me that's fearful, and there's a part of me that just thinks that there still might be a little something something in the air. So the usual so, then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in essence, yes. Um, before we chat about Hearts and St Mirren going toe-to-toe in Paisley, uh, we're going to go around the grounds, as we always do. Five other fixtures, of course, taking place in the Premiership this weekend. The first of those was the sixth and thankfully final old firm of the season, uh, as Rangers got the better of Celtic 3-0 at Ibrox. Uh, the other match in the top six was a three o'clock kick-off alongside ours, and that was, of course, Aberdeen and Hibernian playing out a 0-0 stalemate up at Pataudry. Uh, and then the other three matches, obviously all taking place in the bottom six, Dundee United just as it appeared as though they were safe. That's now back-to-back defeats. Their latest coming at the hands of Ross County. 3-1 at Tannadice, thanks to a Jordan White hat-trick. My goodness gracious me. Uh, and then the other two scores I actually correctly predicted. Bang on, Kilmarnock beating Livingston. 2-0 at Rugby Park. Uh, Kyle Vassell and Danny Armstrong penalty, of course, with the goals. And Motherwell, uh, it was also the scoreline 2-0 up in Perth as Motherwell swept past St Jobby. Uh, what did you make of the other five fixtures, mate? Who cares about the old farm? It's irrelevant. Thank God entirely. that's finished, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's made ten times worse when you live through the West, because they just build it up oh, to be something that's not, and it's you're like, I don't care. Yeah, mental. It's genuinely um, is like they play it every other week, can I just say. I like, the English are right. It is so tin pot. I'd, I just, I, I think in my life I've watched two old firms I think in my entire, and I think one of them came this year as well <laughs> so I've never it's never interested me um, we are oracles because last week we predicted that both Hearts Hibs and Aberdeen would all draw even <laughs> though we didn't want to be right we were um, the Nisbet <sighs> penalty is just mental we could have done with that going in, really. Well, and saying that, yeah, they would have nah, overtaken us. So. Nah, we needed a draw. We ne- we got the result we wanted from that game, not from our game. Uh, yeah, but then I'd feel confident about doing Hibs at Tynecastle. I wouldn't right there, now. There's lots on the line, I just, I don't know. I know what you mean, though. Um, and then, in the bottom three, if you ever come away from a game and someone goes, how was the game, by the way, and you can actually turn around and say, oh, we can... We can see the Jordan White hat trick. You don't deserve to be in the top flight. Like, that's an insane sentence. I think I heard a stat that he's actually never scored a brace either. Of course he hasn't. He's Jordan White. It's either one. Or in this case, all three. Like, conceding after 38 seconds, I think it was. Dundee United actually looked as though they were safe as well, though. Like, three wins on the spin, and now back to back defeats, and they're just. Pulled like right back in. I think St Johnston are another who could get pulled right back in because they go to uh, Kelly at the weekend, and well, I think Kelly can overtake them. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just mental. Motherwell is mental. Motherwell are finishing seventh. Motherwell <laughs> are finishing seventh. Livy yeah. need the beach. They just need yeah. the end of that season. Yeah, I know. I don't know what's going on. Like, I know Kelly are very good at home. Like, well, we've been very obviously victims of that this season but they have been good at home but like I didn't I never foresaw this level of collapse from Livingston to no, just be neither. like we're plummeting completely without a hope neither and it was it was that uh, Inverness game in the cup that's done them ever yeah. since then they don't really appear to have recovered from that have they no it's it's absolutely mad. I don't even know what they need to do to fix it like they're not going to get rid of Martindale as they shouldn't but like 
What what do you do? I don't know. Because I worry for them as well. Like, if they lose Nicky Devlin, they lose Jack Fitzwater, there's two sellable assets away. Nubly. Nubly, potentially. Bruce Anderson, maybe. Like like a Kelly or a Bradley or something like that. I saw um, saw Martin Dale. I think it was about a week ago. I think it was before we recorded last week's episode, and I just forgot to mention it, where he was speaking about how he saw Aberdeen season ticket sales and asked his ticket office how much they'd sold, and it was a hundred. Like, what are you meant to do under that? I know people get annoyed, right? I know, or kind of take the piss out of Martindale for constantly mentioning the budget. But if I was him, I'd constantly be mentioning that budget as well because it's unbelievably low. Yeah, there's only, I mean, you can only push for the cock that he's got. That's the only thing. It's it's crazy. Mental. And yes, and Johnson just look like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? No idea. Yeah, it was a weird weekend. I feel like, as it often is, the bottom six. I hate the split. We've made it. We've both made it very clear. Wrong. Our thoughts on the split. The bottom six. I always feel is way more interesting. Oh, hundred percent. So like, like, the top six games just happen. It's just like, all right, okay. I think we. What you need in the top six is ideally the top two to be neck and neck for it to even look interesting. Ours has been the most interesting in ages because there is that like thing, but now it's not. Now it's done. No, so exactly. It's like, yeah. As soon as Celtic sealed it, it was like, yeah, we've got the battle for third place to an extent, but neither of us feel particularly confident. So then you've got probably now both Edinburgh clubs will feel as though they'll make up fourth and fifth. So the top six, in essence, is done. The only thing that yeah. really needs decided is who finishes in the playoff place and who goes down automatically, really. It's, yeah. it's four teams for two spots. But that's basically it. Otherwise, the split's effectively meaningless. Yep, definitely. And something which I wish was meaningless was <laughs> Hartman Lothian heading to Paisley. However, this game had a lot of riding on it. Um, and sadly, it just didn't appear all that great for We us. fucked it! We, we fucked we it! Well. Just be we, honest, we fucked it. We did. I, I'm trying... I'm trying to be as nice as I can, but it's like it was just a big, big chance that ultimately was spurned. Interim manager Stephen Naismith named just one change, one enforced change to the Hearts team that obviously lost at Tynecastle against Celtic, and that was of course your best mate Alex Cochran out through suspension. In came Andy Halliday, so Hearts lined up in a four-two-three-one uh, as follows: Clark in goal, back four of Halliday, Rolls, Civic, and Hill with Haring and Devlin uh, in front of the back four. And then, obviously, as we do, it's just a mishmash-mosh of four folk, and the four folk being Barry Mackay, Yutaro Oda, uh, Josh Janelli, and Lawrence Shankland. What did you make of the team? Was that as strong as we could have named? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope everything's okay with Stephen Kingsley. Yes. Um, Barry Anderson mentioned before the game that he was missing due to a family situation, so very much hope he and his family are doing okay Um, but yeah that would have been the only change like it was going to be Kingsley coming in for Cochrane Halliday was kind of thrown in um, in the deep end after a long time not playing and oh boy did it show that Halliday hasn't played a lot (laughs) recently but yeah you went in going that's basically as strong as we could possibly do for me not the bigger thing, but as big a thing was St Mirren's selection because you could tell they were going for it. They had Maine, Grieve, O'Hara all playing together. They're, they've got a very, very good home record this season. So it was going to be hard. It was going to be a game where you felt like it doesn't necessarily... It, the points aren't necessarily going to go to the team with the best quality. The, team, the points are going to go to the team who are most up for it, most up for the fight, willing to do hard yards. And from... Basically, minute one, you could tell, oh, that's no us. That is not us. It didn't look like... If you had said to a neutral, who's the team that's trying to push for third and who's the team that's just got their first top six in a fucking lifetime and they're just buzzing to be in the top six, you would not get it right. No. No, you definitely wouldn't. Um, it's as you say, with regards to the St. Mirren selection, I was somewhat surprised at that back three mm-hmm. um, because I know that they obviously play a 3-5-2 most weeks. No real surprise to see your Scott Tanzer, your Ryan Strain uh, as wing-backs, but the trio was Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy and Richard Taylor. 
Um, and Charles Dunn and Declan Gallagher, I think, have been both decent when they've been in. So surprised to see that pair come out. Um, particularly, but I mean, it didn't really matter because we made one of them look like the buddies brazy in the end. So what's it, what's it really matter? Um, yeah. Shogunacy especially. I, co- I know he's kind of like a meme for a lot of people. Like that's exa- uh, uh, he's he's the one I'm referring to. Given obviously yeah. what happens, happens. I think Shogunacy is a very serviceable Premiership centre half. Serviceable. I like that. What does that mean? Just like normally, you'd expect him. He never like be amazing, but I don't think he'll often. <laughs> Be a hole in your defence, or you—I don't think you ever worry about Shaughnessy. If you're if you're his fan, I don't think you go, "Oh shit, Shaughnessy's playing." But I don't think you'd be like, "Yes, we've got Shaughnessy at the back," unless you're playing against Hearts, yeah. where he turns into Maldini. Yeah, a, a competent sort of gap filler. Steady Eddie. Yeah, steady Eddie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you alluded to. The start. <laughs> Can we call it that? Did we start? Uh, you alluded to Hearts attempting to start yeah, uh, in this game. Um, yeah, that was uh, oh, that was that was bleak. It was that, shit. That we first half shit. performance has got to be the worst in for oh, a good wee while. I Terrible. Like even, even obviously the run of results that ultimately ended with Robbie losing his job. Were any of the first halves as bad as that? Off the top of my head, unless you kept, see the cup game against Celtic. Well, no, we because we just conceded after a minute, but that's yeah, to be expected we, against them. We started and ended the half badly, but I felt for the most of the first half we were at least in it. Whereas with that, it was like, and I, I know the yeah. goals come when they come, but even from the first kick it was like oh we don't seem at it we don't seem on it we don't seem up for it and how is that in any way excusable you surprised by that given obviously who's now in the dugout yeah and i know i saw a lot of people being like well this is just a hangover from nielsen they're playing safe they're playing secure they don't want to take too many risks because they know what's at stake but i feel like at this point now naismith's had them for a wee while and as Naismith, in his own words, said, they've been listening to me, they just didn't listen to me in that first half. It's intriguing, isn't it? Sort of player power perhaps coming to the fore here, whereas I don't know if player power came to the fore... Look, I'm not making any accusations or allegations or none of that, but it's almost like player power has sort of shifted out the previous regime, yeah, and like it's not. Do you know? What, do you know what I'm alluding to? Like, it, it, are players too accountable now? I don't know. Yeah, there's no longer the safe net, for, the safety net. Sorry for a lot of players in Nielsen. Yeah, like so many people, rightly or wrongly, would go. Oh well, imagine if Nielsen wasn't here. Imagine how they'd be playing then. It's like, well, that's gone now. Like you don't yeah. have that safe net, and I know it's not the same as oh, there's a permanent manager in place and he's imprinting his style, so certain players take time to get used to it. I know it's not as easy as that, but it's like, well, we've seen some players come in, Haring, come in and just be good again. Sibic has been, I still think, despite what we'll get into, Sibic has been consistently good all season. Since that Zurich game, yeah, I think Sibic's been consistently good. I don't think Oda it was at, has come at in. his best at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Do, but um, I do agree with you. Oda has recently come into a game that, and then Shankland and Cochrane have been Shankland and Cochrane this season where they've both just been great There's, there needs to be personal accountability where it's like well some players have managed to do it, some players have managed to be consistently good or not necessarily good in the case of like as you say Sibic didn't have a great game and has had dips and Oda still has issues but you can at least go oh well you can see there's someone there there's other players who are just walking about now and just don't look up for it at all. Yeah, do you think that the badge is weighing heavy, a bit too heavy for some of these? Yeah, potentially, but also potentially, I just think some of them think they're way better than they actually are. So as a result, I just like, ah, oh, it's fine. Maybe. Um, look, as we've alluded to, not a great 
start in this game from a Hearts perspective. St Mirren did batter us that first half. First highlight comes on 18 minutes. Ryan Strain has a pop from range after a few Saints players exchange passes on the edge of the Hearts box. Nobody really looking to close, which is a little bit worrying. Um, a great slide. I mean, I talked about Toby Civic not having necessarily the best game, but finally. Well, this gets us a point. This a, gets us a, a point. A great slide from Civic to deny Grieve at the back post after he'd evaded absolutely everybody. The fact that he's in such space is alarming. Our defending it, in this game was brutal. It was the second phase from a set piece, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. So I don't know if the defence has been like, right, we move as one and push out, but Grieve has noticed that, so dropped, and no one's dropped with him. But it it makes it even more impressive that C- that should be a goal. That yeah. should absolutely be a goal. And Civic, without that, we don't get a point from that game. So we'll get to the goals that we did concede, where Civic is culpable. But you look at the overall performance, it's like, oh, we wouldn't have got a point without Civic. Fair comment. And of course, the man that's obviously in the sticks behind him. Uh, Saints would have the ball in the net on 26 minutes, but thankfully, the officials reached the correct conclusion. Um, I mentioned Alex Grieve there. He is a bit of a pest, isn't he? I like Alex Grieve. Like, he and Maine seem to work really well. Obviously, I know that Ayunga's been out for ages. I know that Tony Watts probably played his last game for the club as well. in this instance, obviously, Ryan Strain's free kick is bundled home by Gogic. Kurt's main was the one that looked around Xander Clark and centres for the Cypriot, but Grieve is the one that's standing a mile <laughs> miles <now>. offside. <laughs> Absolutely miles off. Yeah. Um, Hearts would then decide to launch an attack of their own. It only took us 27 minutes, um, and if you wanted... A summary of our first half performance. Josh Janelli gets in the way of a Yurtaro Oda shot, um, which basically summed up the first 45 from a Hearts perspective. Just mental. How How is it that we have our first chance? And it isn't even, it's a half chance. Because as you say, Gino gets in the way. And I don't even think it's that impressive. Like, it's no. not a great shot anyway. No, how is it taking half an hour to do anything of note? Trevor Carson's a good goalie as well. I think I, he, I think that would just be as routine a stop yeah. as he could ever ask for. Um, but 10 minutes before half-time, the Buddies would take the lead. <sighs> and I alluded to the Buddies Berezi here. Alex Gogic nods a Scott Tanzer corner back across goal for Joe Shaughnessy to prod home. This had just been coming and it's a carbon copy of a goal that we just tend to concede time after time after time after time. Was that? I thought it was Maine. Was it Gogic? They're both just bald guys. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was Gogic that nods it back over because you right, see him okay. celebrating. Right. And and yeah. Maine's the one that rounds Clark beforehand and centres for Gogic. Right. get you. Um, Sibic's poor here. Sibic should be winning that ball. Is he the most culpable? No. I think there's another person that's more culpable that we'll get to in a minute. Interesting. But Civic should be doing better there. But again, that's I said that on Twitter at the time. It was like game week 35, I think that was. It was, yes. And we're conceding a ball into the box. From a ball into the box, sorry. Like, again, like it's it's just inexcusable. We saw we were speaking just before we came on air about how the Evening News did an article where we are joint first from goals conceded from set pieces from uh, with 14 over 25% of all goals we've conceded this season comes from set pieces into the box that also doesn't include just basic balls into the box which would bump the percentage up even higher as well yeah 14 from the 53 that we've conceded in 35 games yeah this season it's it's insane however the other person that i think is equally culpable is xander clark why are you not coming for that ball when it's headed back across? I think you can tell every Hearts player goes, it's headed into the path of Clark, he'll be coming for this. Now, whether or not that's an acceptable mindset to have, you should probably just be going, no, I'm just going to put my head through this and get it away. But Clark hesitates, and I don't know what he's doing. Do you know what? I actually feel that Clark's probably more at fault for the second. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, but what I will say is, and we've said it numerous times, neither of us are a fan of zonal marking. 
No. I don't know who's meant to be picking Joe Shaughnessy up. I thought when I saw it at first glance, it was Kai Rolls. Is Kai Rolls not behind Clark on the line? I don't know. I don't know. I thought he was in the box. I I, I, feel I, like... I couldn't tell you who's meant to be picking up. This is this is basically strengthening my point. I don't know who's culpable and who loses Joe Shaughnessy so easily. We well, have alluded to it there. Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy, and Richard Taylor are probably all you really need. I know Marco Harris got a bit high, Gogic, but centre halves coming up for corners are usually targets. Yeah. Fuck me. Um, I think the biggest point to your argument is that I think it is like if you watch it back, you see Shaughnessy run in like a half circle. It just loses somebody so easily. But what that that to me is like that's clearly an issue with zonal marking because he's ran yeah. out of the zone of the person whoever he starts with. Say hypothetically, it's Shankland. I don't know if Shankland was back, but just hypothetically, it's Shankland. <laughs> He's standing with Shaughnessy, and he goes, right, I'm on him, I'm on him, I'm on him, I'm on him, I'm on him. Oh, he's left my zone, so it's not for me. Yeah, again, like, again, man-to-man for me. So that, so that I know who I can come on here and slew, because that was yeah. far, far too easy. Yeah, I don't think this goal is any one individual. I think some individuals have more of a part to play than others, like Sibic and Clark, but it is just more generally, it's like, Go and see if the next match, see if our manager comes in and the first thing he does is gets rid of the zonal. I'll be like, right, I'm fully supporting you for a two year stint. <laughs> like, I'll let you do whatever you want in that time. Regardless of the results of the park, you, you will yeah. afford. 83 losses on the bounce. <laughs> I'm like, but we've never conceded for a corner since. It's fine. <laughs> Lauren Shankland would then try his luck on the spin as we went in search for an immediate response. That was just three minutes later. And three minutes after that, I alluded to him earlier, Alex Grieve looking to link up with Kurt's main, the New Zealander receives the ball in behind the Hearts back line yet again, cuts back, slips through his strike partner, but thankfully it's straight as Xander Clark. <sighs> and on the stroke of half time, it went from bad to worse, as it so often does. When it rains, it pours. Kurt's main receives on the right flank, opts to switch to the left hand side to find Marco Hara. The Saints skipper jumps up with James Hill, who appears to win the ball cleanly with a header. However, the buddies are awarded a free kick. The fans are demanding that James Hill be sent off. Strain steps up from the resulting free kick, bends one up and over the wall into the bottom corner. 2-0, and it's looking bleak heading into the break, let's just say. Right. We'll speak about the foul... That isn't a foul. Well, this is the thing. I can... There's two big fouls in this game, right? Yes. One of them we'll get in a bit. This one, I don't think is a foul, but can understand why a referee gave it. Yeah. Because he does clatter O'Hara's head. Yes. Is it intentional? I don't think so. Is there much James Hill can do to not do that? I don't really. think so either. No, he's going up for a header, so. right? And, but, he, and as you say, his eyes do appear set on the ball. Mm-hmm, he's yeah. merely looking to head it down to a midfield player and we yeah. take it from there. I don't think it's a foul. But I've se- I think most of the time that will be given as a foul because it's a head knock from a high-impact jump. Refs are probably going to give that as a foul if a, if a player goes down holding his head. Likewise, if the reverse happened and O'Hara was trying to win the ball and head it towards the goal, I think if Hill then went down, I think the ref would give that as a Hearts free kick. I just think head knocks are treated in a way, rightly, I think head knocks are treated in a different way. And whilst I disagree and can understand a lot of people's frustration with that, that's the one I can go, well, listen, disagree with it, but can understand why it's been given. Well, we'll get to one in a bit that I do not understand in any yes. way. But the free kick itself, that is now, as conceded, two free kicks at that end where they're so preventable because one... That's right, both Ryan Strain, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, it both deflect off Toby Sibic as well. <laughs> why Why doesn't the wall jump? Now... No if, idea. 
if the answer to that question is because last time we jumped and it deflected and hit off and went in. That's just that's just one that's of those not instances. How you, yeah, yeah. That, that's just should, a one off. You shouldn't make a free kick tactic based around sclaffing. Like that should not be a thing. Because especially when you watch it back, if the wall jumps, it hits Civic in the face, in the chest, in the shoulder, it hits whoever's beside him to his left in the face, in the shoulder, in the chest. It does I just think it hits the wall and goes back towards strain. I don't think it's one of those deflections like the last time where it hits off the defenders. That and seems to alter the direction as well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But secondly, what is Xander Clark's positioning? He has set over, up eh? that wall. Too far over. He's set up that wall, so has asked for those players in that height order to be that side. What he's done is he's meant he can't look at the ball unless he goes that far over to his side. So he's really entrusting his wall to do its job. Wrongly. But therefore that comes back to the first point. A part of a wall's job is to jump. Now again, you could go, well, what if he hits it low? What if he's expecting that we jump? It's like, but that's why the draft excluder thing has come into play where somebody lies down behind the wall. Just if you're worried about that, do that. Have someone lie down behind the wall. So it's like, right, no, if he fan tries of that to either, it, to be fair though, mate. I know what but you it mean, works. but yeah, it does. But it's just either way. Put, well, put put it this way: had we had somebody, Strain's got enough technique to lift it up and over the wall anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So why is Clark not more central? He's not. Remember that Dimitri Payet free kick. Are you going to say West Ham? that one against Palace where he bends it into the top banjo in the other corner from yes. where everybody's expecting? No offence to him, but Ryan Strain can he do that? Right? <laughs> I don't know. I think that Ryan Strain's a good player. So do I, but I don't <laughs> think he's that level of ability to score one of the greatest free kick goals of all time. So Xander. Just stand a bit more central. You're but, not going to get caught out. Put it this way, if he did, <laughs> that's one of those goals where it's just like, well, what really can you do? What you meant to do <laughs> is one of the greatest goals you've ever seen kind of thing. Just mental. Yeah. So, but, so poor. So poor, so preventable. And in a must-win game, which this was, we've then given ourselves an absolute mountain to climb. Yeah, and I very much was like, that's it. Yeah, well, no getting so in him right. for this game. Like, as I say, I think the few that got pass marks were. Give us, from, give us your your ratings. From the first half, I would say no one gets more than a six, and okay. Haring and Oda probably the two that get six. I guess Sibic's block, but then you could go well. Sibic is then culpable for the goal, so it kind of balances it out in that first half. When you look at the game as a whole, you're like, okay, the Sibic block actually means a lot more. Because we end up getting points. But, and like, I do think Haring and Oda did much great. But they just were like, Oda was getting the ball and trying to do something. Haring was his usual calm self. Whereas everybody else was just terrible. Woeful. Miles off it. And then Naismith clearly went fucking through them at half time. <laughs> do you think, like, I know obviously Stephen Naismith was... One of the greatest moaners I've ever seen yeah. down Gorgie Way. Like, I'm trying to think of a question. Like, to what extent, like, how tonto do you think that he would realistically be going? I think he's smashing up stuff, chucking <laughs> bottles at players, <laughs> punching holes in walls. I think, like, after that first half, I don't think anyone could have blamed him. Oh, no, definitely not. And, and I'm looking at it from. A personal perspective for him he'll want this job yeah so this 45 in essence if we're if we're being as deep as we are this could cost him the job this 45 minutes i think it has i think that i, I think has it has as well but it's like just it's, it's mad that like that three quarter of an hour period could determine whether he becomes heart's next manager or not but that three-quarter period determined if we got third or not. So it should determine equally if he gets yeah. a job or not. No, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not, yeah, from I'm his, not disputing from his it. Perspective, I'm just saying, he's I'm like, just saying like, for the, God's sake. I'm just saying that this entire situation is nuts. Like, how have yeah. we 
How, are we, how here? have we how have we got ourselves into this mess? Yeah, it's mental. It is mental. So was the second half, in fairness. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully we appeared to get our climbing boots on. Um Early Doors Oda sends a shot down Carson's throat after receiving from Mackay as he so often looked to do uh, on Saturday. Um, Ryan Strain would then cut inside Nathaniel Atkinson so easily, would blast one for Xander Clark to tip over after his corner had been cleared. And shortly after that, following yet another corner, Hart's just looking as vulnerable from corners as you could possibly imagine. Greg Kilty would look to head past Clark, I think it was, but again, he'd keep the buddies at bay. Haring would be next to try his luck, but his deflected effort was gathered easily by Carson. However, we would make it interesting with just under 20 minutes to go. And it's a great goal. Kai Rolls drifts out with the ball, sprays a lovely pass over to his compatriot Nathaniel Atkinson, as I say, off the bench, sends a wicked ball into the area, begging to be stabbed home, and there's Josh Ginelli to prod hearts back in it, 2-1, game on. Uh, I will preface everything I'm about to say about the second half by saying I didn't watch the second half as I had other <laughs> things I needed to do. So I've only seen the highlights. But I've been reliably informed by kind of everyone who was there that Atkinson was fantastic when he came on. That's which is very like interesting. Um, my dad actually said it's the best 45 he's ever seen of him. Wow. And... I saw Hearts, though, say that he was man of the match and he was on for 45 minutes. That probably speaks more volumes about the game, but... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a great goal. It's a really good he, goal. Atkinson did he replace so Halliday well. at half-time then? Yes, yeah. he did, aye. Yeah. Um, does incredibly well. It's a great ball by Rolls, as you say. Um, and Atkinson does really well to have the confidence to be like, I'm putting a ball in, and it's a great ball in. Gino, Very like, inviting area. you can't miss from it, no. doesn't matter who's there. Devlin and as well, uh, given that yeah. area. So then he's really only up against Fraser at the back that absolutely gets better off. And the goal scorer is Gino, who in the first <clears> half was the most. I think this 90 minutes was the most Josh Ginelli performance ever. And if this is what Josh Ginelli performances are, I'm absolutely fine with that. Oh, nice. Totally fine because he was. I don't want to say rubbish in the first half, but he was quite <laughs> poor. He did a lot of running, but he wasn't doing anything without running. But he, 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 he almost kept that going in the second half from what I saw and heard. But I didn't realise that was his now 11th goal in the league, which yeah. takes him to joint with Jota and Morelos. Yeah. it's not really much to shout about about Morelos Jota like to keep up with Jota is pretty impressive I would still say Morelos is one of the best strikers in recent years yes he's had an off season but he's still Morelos like yeah well a, a, a good few years and that yeah. being said probably all 11 have come against us so I know I know it does feel like that but it's like Gino's now well well let's kind of mention it now today as we're recording Janelli had an exclusive with Barry yes. Anderson um where he made really reasonable demands, where he was like, <laughs> I want to stay, but I want to be given security for me and my family because it's something like he only gets to see his family every six, seven months kind of thing, especially when we're this busy and he doesn't have time to go down. But it's when it's an international break and that, that's it. And do you know what? Like, I I fully, I can get behind that. I I, I can I can understand that. I, I'm sort of, I'm trying to veer away from the, how I've looked at football previously, like the bloke's a Good. human being. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't befault the guy. For He's been that up at, here at three years. He's no seen his family for right. So on an average months. of every six months, so that's what two per year. So you're looking at six visits in that time. Chuck in, chuck in a Christmas and a <laughs> birthday. <laughs> but it'll be like it'll be a handful of times. Yeah. in a three-year period, especially when there was the pandemic, so everyone was yeah, really, that's a good like, point. Locked down as well, so. Although he didn't really care today, he was just true. Aye, but <laughs> I, I really hope we get because I think everybody, like I think both of us have said on this podcast before, we fully expected them to be away. We yeah, thought he was gone. But here and and again, yes, I know 
He's not going to come out in the press and go, I have no interest in being here anymore. <laughs> See you later, lads. Can't wait to piss off from this hellhole. Yep, bye-bye. Get me back to the road. But I simultaneously don't think he would come out and say, oh yeah, I really want to stay if he didn't. I no. think he would just be like, listen, focused on third, focused on playing for my good football. It's all up for the agent and the club to decide. But he's actually come out and be like, I want to stay here. And you know what? I heard Lauren Shanklin say that he much prefers playing up with somebody. He and Gino are striking up a brilliant partnership, so so why not? The, the well, balls, I think that's Janelle got court. 20, 20 goal contributions across all competitions now. Is that right? If he includes assists, yeah. I think he's got 13. Twi- I think oh. he's got 14 goals and 6 assists mm. in all competitions. I might be one or two off there, but it's, he's about to hit 20 contributions. And that, like, when's the last yeah, time f- yeah, somebody Yeah, fans give Shanklin? him stick as well. I know. I saw so many people because, like, that's what I'm saying. And I get it. Like, it's very frustrating. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've seen numerous tweets say, "I don't want Janelli to stay because he frustrates the life out of me." But, like, he may produce that odd moment in and amongst. We don't get a point from this game if Josh Janelli isn't there. No, exactly. I, I think I heard David Templeton talking about how Jim Jeffries used to say. Just keep going down the line. Because mm-hmm. you might get the better of the full-back once, but in said once, you could whip in an we'll inch-perfect ball and we'll score. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's sort of the same with Josh Janelli, whereby, yes, he could infuriate the life out of you. But you, you like I, I can't take... I, I like the guy. I do. I do like mm-hmm. Gino. He's like... He's like an annoying dog. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, he might trickle on the carpet. He's like a puppy. He might tr- trickle on the carpet. He might leave you a little doggy doo-doo. But you just look at his little face and you just see him kicking about and you just... Oh, you just want, oh, you just want him to stay. Janelle is an annoying puppy. <laughs> that's the thing, like... Don't know where yeah, I was going with that. I understand people have frustration with him, but that's us now got another player up to 20 goal contributions. Go and get us another 20 goal yeah. contribution of player then. How yeah. often have we? How can we they, say we've they're easy that? to find, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Like he's our <laughs> best wide player. Find loads of those. He's our best wide player this season by a mile. He's playing his best football since he's arrived. He's stayed the most fit. He's stayed as well, which is huge. And I saw Naismith was speaking about that. Naismith was like, when you're getting towards your prime, which do you know is I think do you know will be twenty eight this year? Is that I think right? or 27, 28, 27, 28. Well, you, for you you find out. Um, it, Naismith was like it becomes more about where are you going to be playing your best football and making a change isn't necessarily the best thing to do at that time so I think for everybody it's, and again if Gino's asking for like an 800% wage increase it's kind of like well then yeah I get why the club would be hesitant to do that but by the sounds of it he has very reasonable demands I'd keep him he doesn't turn 27 till March Oh, so he's just turned twenty six. Just turned twenty six. He's still got. A, he's still a couple of years off his prime. Oh, so, yeah. If, the, if we're yet to see the best of Josh Janelli, sign him up. The hurts. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, oh fuck me! I know what's next. Yeah. I've just remembered what's next. <laughs> Game on, or so we thought. <laughs> it's just five minutes later. We would go down to ten men. A terrible touch from Toby Simic again. <laughs> This is what I meant by his performance on yeah. Saturday. Sees him lose out to the rampaging Mark O'Hara. The Saints skipper prods past Peter Haring virtually on halfway, who catches the St Mirren captain, and David Dickinson decides, Mr McIver, to send the big Austrian for an early bath. It's just not a red, is it? So, as I say... I wasn't watching at this point. So I was just getting notifications on my phone. So we'd scored. And was like, oh, it's back. We're getting thud. Yes, come on. And then I see the Haring straight red. And I'm like, right, straight red. Okay, it's not like he's just got a double booking or anything like that. And then I wasn't really going on Twitter. So I didn't really see the reaction. And then I got home as the penalty went in. So I was like, oh, I can see the reaction. 
and no one was talking about the goal. Everyone was just still speaking about the Haring red card. If you watch back the Hearts TV highlights, it's really, it's totally justified, but it's really funny to listen to Rob and Laurie, where they both are just incredulous at the decision, but they don't have monitors, so can't see the replays of it. So just they're like... They're baffled. We know we might be wrong, but that did not look like a red. I said earlier I could at least understand the hill free kick foul whilst I disagreed with it. Yeah. There is, there is, I think that's the worst decision of the season, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's a worst. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a couple of contenders, not necessarily just from a heart's perspective. No, that's what I'm saying. I but think this is ours. the worst decision, no, of this season. But you genuinely believe that this is like the worst of the worst. I can't think of anything. I know that the other one that a lot of people speak about is that handball that went against Celtic early on in VAR. Was it against Dundee United? Was it the Burnaby handball, maybe? Is that oh, yeah, that that's right. And he's up at the back of the yeah. head. That's the one that kind of yeah. seems to be the Dundee main United talking point. Or somebody. Yeah, yeah maybe, I can't remember. Maybe United, maybe. But... I've not seen a decision be so roundly disagreed with by every club. Like, I've seen Hibs fans go, how on earth is that a red? I've seen St Mirren fans go, we got away with that, how the fuck's that a red? Like, it's baffling. There's no, I've just hit my mic, I'm so annoyed. There's no, <laughs> I, can't see the, I can't see the justification for it at all, because it's, his feet are down, his studs aren't showing, he's not, it's not a scissor action, O'Hara doesn't have his legs sliced he has his heel clipped that's what i was going to say like it's 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 not a serious foul play it's a bad challenge don't get me wrong yeah. it's worthy of a booking oh it's a cynical foul to stop yeah. a breakaway like it's a booking but in terms of like sending off literature like it's not as though it's denying a goal scoring opportunity or nothing like it's not there's no He's in his own half yeah it's 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 not violent conduct. It's not a great tackle, but there's absolutely no way it's a red. No way. It's just, it's a genuinely baffling decision that has been rightly criticised, but... And we've rightfully appealed. Well, that's what I was going to say. As this podcast comes out, is the day of the hearing. Oh, it'll brilliant. inevitably get... It'll get an extra game. Oh, God. It won't be appealed. I do not believe it'll be successfully appealed at all. You know what the sad fact is? Neither do I. Yeah. And that's nothing on hearts. It's just... I'm or, delighted or we have peak. appealed this one. I understand not appealing the Cochrane one because of frivolous claims and he would have missed really important games. But I'm delighted we've just went, no, that one's mental. We're appealing <laughs> the Haring one. <sighs> the joys, eh? You, can't, you just simply cannot beat Scottish officiating. You cannot beat the introduction of VAR. You cannot beat the controversy that surrounds our game on a week by week basis absolutely phenomenal that's what are you doing as you were making a very eloquent point my pop filter fell towards me and hit me in the hand so if people are watching on youtube they are witness to you making a really lovely well made point and I'm panically trying to screw back on a pop filter you literally you look like Dynamo or some other magician <laughs> with like his crystal balls what the hell's going on here is Daniel going to say that we'll finish third or what yes exactly no it's a very good metaphor for everything falling apart at the seams <laughs> um, speaking of falling apart at the seams I mean St Mirren had the chance to, to seal the deal Ryan Strain dispossesses Alan Forrest, slides inside to Keanu Bacchus. Lewis Jameson off the bench then prods forward for Thierry Small to shoot, but Clark denies the Southampton loanee. However, Hearts would be given a couple chances, actually, in injury time. Shanklin would fire high and wide. Uh, we'd think that it's all over on 93 minutes, but on 94, Barry Mackay lost forward for Josh Janelli to latch onto. Overcomes Ryan Flynn with Gino, appears to bump into the back of him, a penalty kick is awarded, and I'm just going to come out and say it, McIver. I think it's very soft. I really do. I think that's mental. I think it's a textbooked penalty. It's a what, push do you think in it's the a back. Stonewaller? Flynn, Gino's killed the move. Gino's touch is terrible. He and knows he's what he's doing, though, doesn't he? Like, he looks for it, Janelle. He looks for it, 
But then he he goes, right, okay, how am I going to how am I going to do this? Right. I'll position my body in front. Oh, I've just been shoved in the back. Right. I, I don't neck. need to look for it yeah. anymore. You can see it in both as it happens, regular speed replay and slow motion replay, Flynn puts his ar- his forearm out and makes a push-in motion. And you can hear St. Mirren fans go, oh, before the decision's given, because you know that's a penalty. It's funny you say that, because I did see some St. Mirren fans, and I was quite surprised, saying that they were more raging with Ryan Flynn than the actual call itself. Yeah, because it's a... What is I he doing? I think it's soft, I'll be honest. If, I, I, if, I put it this way, if Hearts had conceded that pen, I would be fuming. But I don't. I would be fuming at, at Kai Rolls or Toby Civic. I wouldn't be fuming at the decision. No, I'd no. go, what on earth are you doing shoving someone in the back? I find that, in, say, as I say, I've got a Hibs fan mate, Kenny, and he just, uh, I was speaking to him yesterday, and he was just like, of course that's a penalty. What is he doing? He's literally just shoved them. It's not even like... Know. The Cochrane one against with Maeda, I know that wasn't a penalty, but where it's like Cochrane's got his hands up, but there's like some contact at the feet level. Yeah, suppose how much was there and all that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, Flynn just goes eh and pushes him, and it's like yeah, Gino might go down under spurious circumstances, but it's like any footballer if they feel a push in the back in the box is going to go down it is a mental challenge to make considering he's still got a heck of a lot to do to That's sort of Gino's, alter his body like he's, he's, he's head away from touch. goal yeah. yeah exactly like I find it I genuinely do find that one baffling that there's been so much discourse around it like I just think that's a stonewall. Oh, no, I think it's like I the definition say, of a penalty. I can't say I can't say I'm that surprised I, th- I think there's a lot of folk that are still relatively I think it on. says I think it says so much that the VAR check was, oh, we're checking if there's... Oh, it's a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> like, it barely... Yeah, considering how much they like to drag the arse out of everyone yeah. else, yeah, this is one of those where you'd be, like, it'd be justified almost if they took their time. But yeah. they've reached that quicker conclusion where it's like, all oh, right, okay, well, we'll, the... we'll take it in the circumstances. I think the screen flashed up for VAR check and then as it was <laughs> coming up, changed to, oh, it's actually complete. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, you know the script. Shanklin steps up, sends Trevor Carson the wrong way, and thankfully, McIver, St Mirren haven't gained any ground on us, but mm. it is just made that more annoying that we couldn't capitalise on Hibbs drawing with Aberdeen 0 0 at the Tawdry. Did you see uh, Shanklin's Instagram story? Yeah. What a guy. What he said? Another one that doesn't count or something. Yeah, Yeah. highlight of the goal with just another one that doesn't count. As if you couldn't love that man anymore. 26 for the season, is it now? It is. And he's yet to miss from the spot. Of ones that count. That count, yeah, that are are official. That one didn't happen officially. It's fine. Exactly. Um, But yeah, listen. You come away for that game going... In the circumstances, delighted to take a point, considering it looked like we had absolutely no chance. Just but in the in the context the, of the yeah, season, yes. that's that's it. Because now, to get third, we need to beat Aberdeen, beat Hibs, and hope St Mirren beat Aberdeen and Celtic beat Aberdeen. I mean, Celtic surely will on trophy yeah. day, but that's the type of thing whereby just to deny us. You would just see Aye, them throwing Aberdeen like, oh. a one each draw. Like, do yeah. you remember that time when Aberdeen picked Rangers to second? I think. I think it was the exact same scenario where Aberdeen went to Parkhead and they won one nil. <laughs> <laughs> You're not telling me that they throw like, Aye. come on. Yeah. So absolutely. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But speaking of Aberdeen, obviously that's who we play on Saturday in a huge, huge game at Tynecastle Park. Half past 12 kick-off, not on Sky, as we alluded to off-air. I'm not going to say anything about the TV deal. Everybody knows my stance. However, I think Hearts pay-per-view is an option. Yeah. Um, What what are you expecting here? Because ultimately, we've lost 5-0 on aggregate up at Pataudry. We also beat Aberdeen 5-0 at Tynecastle earlier on in the season. How do you feel this one's going to go? Well, it's my brother's birthday. Okay. He'll be 19. So. Happy to turn his when it comes. I think we'll win 9 1. Um, <laughs> no, so. Listen, if, if you know anything about Hearts history, 
you can work out that my brother's got a pretty good history of games around his birthday, considering the 19th yes. of May. Yes, nice. Um, however, the worry is that he's used up all that lifetime of luck on that one yeah. weekend. This is where I'm delighted that I have a June birthday and don't get this crap. Like, nah, see, I'm, hearts can't I'm possibly good. spoil my birthday, but equally they can't make my birthday, so... I've never really had my birthday spoiled. I've had a 5-1 win over Hibs, a a 1-0 win over Celtic on my 21st. However, it then did coincide with one of my favourite players of all time, hamstring dissolving. That's what I'm saying, peaks and troughs, I'm just not involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday, except I'm very much convinced we'll lose. I think Aberdeen will beat us. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because they're very good. I know they've stumbled a bit. Stumbled ever since he's been appointed on a permanent basis. But we've been permanently stumbling, with the exception <laughs> of Ross County. I don't know, mate. I, I know we're a different beast at home under Naismith, it seems. It seems we're just we're actually quite good under Naismith at Tynecastle. And that has, again, been the thread. The home all team always long. seems to win this fixture as well. Yeah. Okay, maybe we won't lose, but I don't see us winning. I think no, we either draw not. or lose. A yeah. draw would be so underwhelming. Now, a big aspect of this, you might be more informed than me because I've not seen anything about it today, but there is a chance Duke is out. Yeah, I did see that. I did see he went that, off heart. Keeping on the old, uh, the old Twitter sphere, but can't say I know too much. I know that I think this is the last of Graham Shinney's uh, suspended matches, so he should be missing. Yes, you've yeah, got yes. you've got Ross yeah. McCrory ruled out for the season, and he's off to Bristol City. Because mm-hmm. I saw somebody, I saw an Aberdeen fan say that Duke was apparently holding his hamstring for five minutes before he was brought off, and then had to go down, and was forced off. I mean, the wee guys absolutely terrorised us up there a couple yeah. of times. So, but he was kept quiet at Tynecastle. However, that was under a different manager. Um, and when we were actually, you know, semi-competent. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for a repeat scoreline of the weekend. I'm going to go two all. Two each. Oh, God. <laughs> It'd be mental if we won. It would be mental. But Hearts are, but a, then, men- but hearts then, are a mental football club. So Aberdeen will beat St Mirren 4-0 and it'll be irrelevant <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, Oh, I'm fully expecting that to be the case. Yeah. Two one hearts. I like it. I like it. Can't say can't say I'm overly confident. I wouldn't tell, you know, I don't know, somebody to put their mortgage on it or Well I'm going to I'm going tenor. to put my brother's money all the money that was going to keep yeah, his yeah. birthday is going, going to birthday birthday on it. Yeah. Two so blame Adam if you did get a present. <sighs> right. Quiz time? Yes, quiz time. Okay. Five questions, as per the norm. A multiple choice, a true or false, two standard, and of course, the famous, <laughs> or infamous maybe. I was going to say, infamous I? for you, definitely. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about this and I don't know why. You've not mentioned the quiz at all to me and normally you do, I can't, so I'm worried. I can't say that it's my best work given that I totally forgot that I was hosting until this afternoon and I've chucked it all together. Uh, cards seem That's to be a normally when you... Fuck me over though, because you think a stupid oh. question. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope you know all about your cards. <laughs> oh God, no, right. I don't. Starting with question number one. Thanks to Peter Haring's dismissal in Paisley on Saturday, Hearts have now picked up more red cards than any other season in our near 150-year history. However, which season did the record previously not apply to? You <laughs> thought it was the amount, didn't you? Yeah, get it right, right, I know this. It's twelve. <laughs> Right, so we received 11 reds. Let's have a look. So, yeah, like I say, which season did the record previously not apply to? So we received 11 reds in three of these seasons, okay? So A, 2006-7. B, 2007-8. C, 2008-9. D, 2009-10. Right. Total total guesswork. If you know all this, I'll be very impressed. When did... Jamie Hamill sign. Jesus. No, I, I think it was after this. I'm fairly certain it was right. 2011? Maybe. 12? Was Black here at this point? 
My logic is, I'm trying to think, who's <laughs> really dark Zal loved a red card as well, That's God the thing, Zal's, Zal's an ever-present in all Zal these years. Zal loved a red card, God rest him. I, I can't, I'll be honest, I can't remember the years you said, but I can remember you said 0809, so I'm going to go 0809. I was one off. We received 11 reds, McIver, in seasons 0607, 0809, and nine ten, so two thousand seven eight was the exemption. Interesting. How weird is that though? Like eleven reds in three out of four consecutive <laughs> Almost, seasons. Yeah, that's insane. A absolute gang that we grew up on watching. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Question number two. Stephen Kingsley was, of course, admitted from the matchday squad at the weekend, as you alluded to, but made his one hundredth Hearts appearance against Celtic the week prior. But true or that. false? Stephen Kingsley has made more sub appearances in those 100 than he scored goals in those 100. Oh, you bastard. Right. I'm going to guess he scored five goals. Okay. That's my guess. I can, however, almost never remember him coming on as a sub. <laughs> So I'm going to go... Wait, what was the statement saying? Kingsley's made more sub-appearances in those 100 than he's scored goals False. in those 100. False. Your numbers are off, but you're correct. False. Yes! How many goals he's scored? It's tighter than you think. So he's come off the bench 10 times. Wow. He scored 12 goals for Hearts. He Kingsley. scored 12 goals? In 100 appearances. How many of them are free kicks? <laughs> 10, 11? Yeah, know. most of them. I can think of the Dundee one he scored that was through open play in the first game of the championship season. Well, I'm thinking United, also a United from a corner in the 5-2 and oh, Hibs yeah. in the 3-1 derby. Was and he scored a header when we got beat off Dunfermline so as well. There's Two four. So, yeah. so that must leave, what, eight? Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, four. and technically the Hibs one wasn't a free kick because it gets past nice. to him. Yeah. Nice. From a set piece. But yeah, not, but it's not yeah, a direct, yeah. yeah. I know, tw- 12, that's some, that's some figure. I know, that. I know. He's no fucking scored in ages, though. No. Yeah, that's not. actually more impressive, considering for like... Yeah, the drought that he's on. 30 games he's yeah. not scored. What a player. What a wonderful man. I, I hope the real Stephen Kingsley returns soon. I know. Get yeah. Steve Clark on the phone. Where is he? He's frozen in carbonite <laughs> it's somewhere. All his, all his fault. Um, question number three. Hearts have the most sendings off in Scotland's top tier. Sendings off? Sending offs? Sending offs. Sending sendings offs. Sendings off. <laughs> sending offs. In Scotland's top tier this season with nine. But which team has collected the most bookings in the 35 Scottish Premiership match days this season? So we've had the most red cards. Yes. Who has the most bookings? Yes. Right. You have to imagine it'll be a side that like to break up play a lot. A side of hammer throwers. <laughs> yes, basically. I'm trying to be nice and say, like, bring that play in that. You have to imagine it's a bottom six side. Because it won't be the, either side of the old firm. I saw they were both bottom of the red cards as well. What a coincidence. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, and I feel a wee bit bad, because maybe it's perpetuating a stereotype. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm changing my mind. I was going to say Livingston. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ross Kerry. No, I'm going St. Johnston. Oh, a masterstroke in changing your mind. St. Johnson is the correct yes. answer. Very good. Yes, get in, Callum Davidson. It's because of Gowser. Gowser <laughs> must be about 80% of them. I think it, I, I can't remember the figure. I think it's 84 or 85 or something like that. Fucking hell. But as you said, you're talking about either the old firm. Coincidentally, only Celtic have received fewer yellows than we have, yet we've had the most red cards. Well, that's mental. How weird is yeah, that? Because Cochrane, Cochrane got a double yellow at Celtic Park. Did Sibic also get a double yellow? Or did he get sent off straight away? But, no, regardless, Howard got a straight red. Cochrane got a straight red. Haring got a straight red. Snod- Snodgrass got a double yellow. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mental. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. No conspiracy theories or nothing no, like that at all. Two out of three, though. Two out of three, you're flying. You are flying. Question number four. 
When was the last time that Hearts came from two goals down to grab something in a league match? Last season we drew two all with Ross County, but I feel like it went one nil, one all, two one, two all. I don't think so, but then I can't think of anything else. I'm going to say Ross County last season. Incorrect, McIver. When was it? You alluded to Kilmarnock's excellent home form. Did we go 2-0 down in that game? Stephen Humphreys pulled one back. Oh, and Before Atkinson. the Nathaniel Atkinson rocket. For back some in reason, I thought October. that game. Yeah, something like that. For, I have no idea why, but I thought that game was 1 1 all. Prior to that, it was. Was it the fucking Ross County game? No. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't. Unt- it wasn't back as far as Daniel Stendel and the Hamilton match at Tynecastle. We oh, were we were 2 0 down and they got thingy sent off. A quarter of an off. hour. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that. I was in Barcelona that day watching Lionel Messi. Alright, slightly different. One. I made a great I was watching choice Connor that day. Washington. <laughs> made a fantastic <laughs> choice that day. Yeah, blimey. So, but prior to that Kelly game, it's something like two years. That's mad. Barking. Right, McIver. Right. Two so to four. four. Respectable. Take it. It's respectable. Yep. But the who am I? Which oh, I really God. hope you get wrong, but I've got the fear that you're going to get it right. <laughs> it's 15 7 as it stands. You're battering me here. I know. Which is why I've tried to make this tricky, but uh, I don't know if it is. Right. Let's get to it. Hearts are the only non-English club I've played for in my career, having broken through at a Premier League side's academy. I made just 11 appearances for the Jambos, hoping to use my loan spell in Edinburgh to help me break into my national team, just as another player in my position previously had done. But we lost six of those 11 I played for Hearts, only winning three and I never received said call-up. Who am I? Fuck me, that's sparse clues. <laughs> right. What? Sorry, what was the clue about a call-up? Like, a position and load? What? <laughs> I made just 11 appearances for the Jambos, hoping to use my loan spell in Edinburgh to help me break into my national team just as another player in my position previously had right. done. So somebody came on loan, mm-hmm. did well, mm-hmm. got into a national team, mm-hmm. and this person was like, I'll do the same, and yes. was shite. Basically, yes. Right. I need to narrow that. I have a name in my head, but I don't think it makes any sense. Go on. Because I can't think the of... Name? The name in my head is Castanier. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm like... Who was good before him that came? <laughs> was Castanier also... Dutch? That would be some call-up. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm also thinking of that boy, Connor Shaughnessy. Because right. Jimmy Dunn did well. But okay. I don't know if Jimmy Dunn got a call-up okay. to Ireland. I would have been surprised if he got a call-up. And right. I think Shaughnessy was Northern Irish. Okay. So maybe we was trying to do that. But I need to narrow it down. So what... How? When was he at Hearts? Uh, he was at Hearts... On the 7th of January 2019, this player joined Hearts on a six-month loan deal. Shit. <laughs> I think Shaughnessy was before that. Right, okay. I don't think Shaughnessy arrived in a January... I can annoyingly I can only remember every signing we made the following January because <laughs> the following January we signed Advali, Langer and Boyce <laughs> that was Stendhal's January what was Levine's January <laughs> I don't Shaughnessy was at Leeds and I don't I ha- I'll be honest I don't want to offend him. I've not kept up with the rest of his career, <laughs> so I don't know if he's only played in England. I feel like I should ask the position, though, because I don't think I'll get it with the clubs. Right, okay. Oh, unless, though, do I remember who we signed somebody on loan free? And it's only... It's very recent, Daniel. You should remember this. Who did we sign him on loan from? Leeds United. 
I'm going to go with Shaughnessy. Is that his name? I don't even know if that's his name, but I'm going for him. I know who I mean. I can picture him. The centre half for Leeds, who came and was after Jimmy Dunn, and everyone was like, it's another Jimmy Dunn. And he was shit. Correct. Yeah! Who who wasn't Northern Irish, was from the Republic of Ireland, but is the brother... The brother of Joe Shaughnessy who opened the scoring at the weekend. Oh, is that what? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I thought you were just going to say it's because he's in the, Well, this is the thing. You may have noticed, everybody, that throughout this entire episode, me and Adam uh, were, were pronouncing his name differently. <laughs> That's because I heard an interview with Joe Shaughnessy where he got really annoyed that British people don't seem to know how to say his last name. Sorry. And every, he's like, they all just keep calling me Shaughnessy. There's a G. <laughs> so Sorry, Sean Connor Shaughnessy. I've always remembered that. That's a good reason to do it, because that's a weird link. How often has that happened? Like, they're both centre-halves as well. I literally couldn't think of anybody else, so I was like, as soon as I saw Joe Shaughnessy, I was like, oh. Of course. Because everyone was like, it's another Irish centre-half on loan for a Premier League side. Just He'll as, be like Jimmy Dunn, Just as won't Jimmy he? Dunn, yeah. Yeah, 16-7 so, so joined on loan from Leeds and then as you say you've, uh, you've reason not to keep up with his career Mansfield on loan Burton on loan Rochdale on a permanent uh, and he currently plays for little Burton Albion bloody hell so there you go wow. capped at under 15 16 17 18 and under 21 level <laughs> yet to represent the full Republic of Ireland national team so when he was at us Jimmy Dunn got called up yeah, uh, let's see. What a hero of a man. Yeah, I really miss Jimmy Dunn. I miss Jimmy Dunn. Yeah, because I think he... Uh, did he go back? He went back to Burnley, I think. Then. Yeah, he did. And yeah, was he that the January? Play. Yeah. I'm just going to click on... Yeah, he was only here for the first half of the Jimmy season. Dunn. He played like yeah, 17 his loan ended in January 2019. A few days later, he moved on loan to Sunderland. I remember that. Yeah, I was gutted. I was like, this is the worst possible situation for me to I don't with. think Jimmy Dunn... As in, yeah, so he's, he was named in the provisional squad in November 2018. That counts. But, that he's, counts. but he's not... Like, I don't think he's actually... I don't think he's ever featured for Ireland. Because right. on his wiki, he's only got so under 21 appearances. your clue was awful and wrong. No, it wasn't wrong. I mean, you go on Conor Shaughnessy's wiki, and there's after his loan move to Hearts, he expressed his hopes that he would get a senior international call-up similar to fellow Irish under-21 centre-back Jimmy Dunn. After his loan... At Twincastle, well... Oh, right, so, okay, that's fine, that's fine. It, that final part of the sentence, all right. So, See, this is why you should know I Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a lot of shite, but... Uh, again, I panicked. I made this up this afternoon. <laughs> this is what happens. I will take getting Connor Shaughnessy. I will that take is annoying. That as, soon as, as soon as you said the two, I was like, oh, shit, he's definitely got this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll absolutely take that, and I'll be interested to know if other people got it as well, because that's recent enough that people should go oh I'd probably get that but one of those where it's like it was such a bad time where so many people have just oh, blocked you, you forget a it. heck of a lot of draws yeah. yeah you do yeah absolutely well we hope you have enjoyed this episode and didn't think it was dross if you didn't please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice it massively helps us out if you've been watching this on YouTube please leave a like comment and subscribe as well you can get us on all the socials at Paisley. we're also Paisley at gmail.com on email if you want to fire us over anything over there Adam, where can they get you and all the socials? Uh, they can get me on all the socials, slagging off the likes of Rochdale uh, and Burton Albion <laughs> at Adam T. Kendall. What about yourself, mate? I'm at McIver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the big Aberdeen game, preview the Rangers game and Hibs game because it's a doubleheader midweek and all that kind of part. So until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, us!